Have you been enjoying this good evangelist, Brother Cornelius Williams? Brother Williams, you've been doing a phenomenal job. We're so thankful for you. We want you to come and preach to us. Keep your hands together under the Lord for the man of God as he comes to preach in Jesus' name. Come on, can we glorify the Lord in the house? Can we, can we magnify the name of Jesus in the house? Give the Lord the praise that he deserves, the praise that he's worthy of, the praise that he desires. Come on, all across the sanctuary, clap your hands, lift up your voice. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Amen. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Amen. Doesn't it feel good to be in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. For those, for those that are visiting and are not a part of this congregation, we love you. We appreciate you being here. We want you to know that Jesus loves you even more. Amen. And what you feel in this house right now, this power, this spirit, this presence, I just want the church to help remind somebody and let somebody know that it is real. Come on. This joy I have is real. This power that God has given me through the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues is real. Come on, this salvation being baptized in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name that can wash all my sins away. Can I tell you, that soul-saving power is real. Come on, this dance I got, this shout that I have, this song in my heart, I've come to tell you, it's real. Somebody shout, it's real. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise if you're thankful for his presence. Amen. Amen. What we feel here is real, and it's our prayer that you will leave this sanctuary feeling what we feel and giving God your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul. I want to give God everything that I have to give him. Amen. Withholding nothing. Somebody shout nothing. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Amen. Galatians 5 and 1 and Galatians 5 and 7. Amen. Two passages of scripture in which I want to bring our attention to and direct our spirits. I'm truly grateful to God for the spirit of revival that we've been in. And I appreciate your leadership, Bishop Mayo and his family opening up the doors of invitation to us to allow us to stretch ourselves and to do our best to be effective in helping the body, the congregation, and to help in reaching souls of this city. Anybody thankful that revival's in the land right now? Amen. Amen. I appreciate him. Amen. I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday's session. And, um, if there's anything that I'm more passionate about than anything, it's soul winning. I don't believe that we can be a good saint. 
I don't believe that our salvation is complete unless we take this power that God has given us and reach those that know not what we know. And I, I, I applaud those faithful saints that came to the session and went on outreach. God has a reward for you. Amen, amen. God's doing great things. If there's anybody that's happy that my family is here, I want to tell you, you are not happier than I am. Amen. When God said it's not good that man would be alone, he knew what he was talking about. Amen. I don't like being in an Airbnb by myself. Amen. So glad that my wife and my boy are back. Romans 8 and 35, when you have a shout, amen. Apostle Paul, the proclivity of his writings was very articulative. He's very purposeful in the way that he wrote, and he would often, he would often write in a diatriad form, formation of scripture. He would, he would ask a question, and then he would give options of an answer, and then he would ask rhetorical questions. It was for the provoking, somebody say provoking. It was for the provoking of the people to cause them to question themselves and to question what he was asking. And Paul asked, he asked a golden question. He said, who? Somebody shout who. Come on, shout it again. Shout who. He said, who shall separate us? Meaning that this word is for everybody in the house. Somebody shout us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He was asking, who shall inhibit us? Who shall stop us? Who shall block us? Who shall hinder us? Somebody shout hinder. Who shall hinder us from getting to the love of Christ? And he began to express Express a list of potential options. He said, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sore? Somebody shout who? And he also admonished the church at Galatia with the same type of sentiment, trying to encourage them while questioning them. He said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free. Anybody thankful for the freedom that we feel in the house this morning? He said, stand fast, therefore. In other words, he said, he said, don't lose ground. Don't lose momentum. Don't back up. Anybody feel like that this morning? Don't lose ground. Don't lose your footing. said, and be not entangled again. In fact, he's trying to tell us in simple terms, don't go backward. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Can I tell you, I don't care how slow you walk, just keep on walking. Hey, I've come to tell you, I don't care if you got to get on your knees and crawl, you keep on going forward. But whatever you do, don't go backward. 
because sometimes we can lose our footing. We can drift off course. And I've come to tell you that this race that we're trying to run, living for God, is not a sprint. This race that we run is a marathon. You got to wake up today and every day and make up your mind like you did yesterday that you're going to live for God today. Well, I wish somebody would just lift up your hands and say, I want to live for God today. Come on, if I didn't live for God last week, I want to live for him right now. If I made some mistakes yesterday, I want to get it right today. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost because he said, he said in verse 7, he said, if you're not careful, you can lose, you can lose your footing and you can drift off course. And he said at one time, some of the congregation, somebody say us. He said, you did run well. You were doing so good. Your prayer life was on point. Your consecration was intact. You were doing so great running this race. He said, you did run well, but I, I want to know, just like I asked the church at Rome, he said, who? Somebody shout who. He said, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This morning, I would not be, I'm not aiming to be a popular preacher this morning. I I want to preach what God has given me. I want, I want to get past what I feel can be a blockage, a hindrance in what God is trying to do. Because I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost, this church right now, where we are right now, are at a breaking point. We are at a place of pivotal transformation that God is trying to open up the portals and push this church into an unprecedented revival, but we've got to get past every hindrance. Come on, anybody feel what I'm telling you right now? We've got to get past every hindrance. Come on, we've come on, anybody want to get past every hindrance? Come on, if something's stopping your blessing, you gotta find out how to get it. Come on, if something's stopping your breakthrough, you gotta find out how to press through it. If something is stopping you from getting in the presence of God, you've got to diagnose what it is. Come on, lift up your hands in the house. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. The presence of the Holy Ghost is in the sanctuary. Come on, come on. Can we pray? Can we pray? Can we pray? Come on, come on. I want you to feel the presence of God in the house. Oh, God, help us in the sanctuary. Come on, all across the house. Come on, lift up your hands. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, that the power of your spirit God, that you would press into this house, that you would open up the emotions of your people. In the name of Jesus, God, I want to feel your presence. God, I want to feel your power. Come on, anybody feel like that this morning? Come on, how desperate are you for a miracle? Come on, how desperate are you for the moving of God to touch your spirit? Oh, somebody clap your hands in the sanctuary. Come on, can we praise him? Come on, can we praise him with our whole heart? Come on, I'm telling you right now, something can shift in the sanctuary. Something can shift in this revival. Something can break in this house. Amen, amen. For the next few moments, for the next few moments, I want to preach and I want to help. I want to help break, break, break the hands of the enemy and push us through the portal supernatural and I want to preach with the help of God about something that I think is a profound revelation about the presence of God. 
I want to talk for the next few moments about the greatest, the greatest hindrance. The greatest hindrance. One more time, give God praise as you're being seated. Amen. Somebody shout the greatest. The greatest hindrance. And the proclamation of trying to declare what I feel in this house. It is very difficult. It is sometimes very difficult to pinpoint a singular issue when things don't seem right. When there's issues in your marriage, when there's issues in your life, when there's issues in your world, it is fair to assume that there is a normality of understanding that there's never, there's never just one, somebody shout one, there's never just one singular point that causes an issue. In most cases, it's small things, it's a myriad of things, it is the conglomerates of several things that, that can cause a great thing to be a big problem. But I, I was praying recently and I was seeking the direction of God. I was preparing for a service. I was pre preparing to preach in a revival service recently and I, I began to pray. Somebody shout pray. Oh, that men would pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And I was praying and I was asking God with a pure heart. I was asking him with a pure spirit, I was praying what I thought was a good prayer to pray a prayer that many of us have probably prayed. I got down on my knees and I began to ask God with a sincere heart. I said, God, I said in this service tonight, I said there is nothing, nothing in my soul that wants anything more than a moving of your spirit. I said, God, I want to feel, I want there to be a saturation of your power in the house. I want there to be a moving and a shaking in the atmosphere. Anybody ever prayed prayers like that? God, I desire for your power to show up. I desire for your hand to move. God, I desire for the power of your spirit to be among us. And like many of us, that sounds like a very good prayer. And I was praying that prayer sincerely in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, began to prod me, begin to poke me, and begin to convict me. It was with tears down my face, begging God, begging God and asking God, anybody, anybody feel the power of God in this house right now? Begging God, begging him to move, and begging for his presence to be known in the house, I, I somehow unintentionally mischaracterized the nature of God. I somehow, without even realizing, began to misconstrue the power of God. Here I am praying for God to move and praying for God's presence to be present and praying for God's power to be known. And somehow I was not praying with a prayer of understanding the true nature of God. 
Because in my prayer, I forgot to realize, I failed to realize that God is always moving. In my prayer, I forgot to realize that God's hand is always working. In my prayer, I forgot to realize that God's power is always present. Can I tell you, we might not recognize it, but his presence is here in this house right now. I might not understand how he's moving and see how he's working, but I've come to tell you God's arms are not short and his hands are wide open. I've come to tell you the presence of the Holy Ghost is in the sanctuary right now. I've come to tell somebody, God is here. God is here. God is here somebody say God is here but God is always here his presence is omnipotent his power is omnipotent his presence is omnipresent God is always here he's always working he's always moving but there is a peril there is a peril concerning the presence of God and I begin, I begin to think about what Paul was trying to convey to the churches. All right, if I talk to you for a little while, I begin, I begin to consider what Paul was trying to convey to the church. He said, he said, who, somebody shout who. He said, who shall separate us from the love? of Christ in the onset of Paul's message to the church, I, I begin to tremble with fear with the acknowledgement and the understanding that though God's presence is always here, his power is always moving, his hand is always working, there is a great elephant in the room and that is the issue that we can be separated from God. I don't, I don't know if that scares anybody like it scares me, but can I tell you, if, if, if there's anything in my heart, I don't want to be distanced from God. I don't want there to be a gap between me and God. I don't want there to be an issue in my mind that God is here and I don't even know it. That God is here and I can't even feel him. That God is here. I hope somebody will hear me right now. Can I tell you that the Holy Ghost is in the house, but I just want to know who, who can feel him, who's far from God and doesn't even know that he's touching us and reaching us and trying. He said, he said even in the presence of God, the love of Christ can be reaching for us, but we can be so far that we don't even feel his hand. We can be so distant that we don't even know that he's trying to reach us. And Paul, Paul was trying to diagnose. He said, what is the issue? Because I want to tell, tell you with a transparent heart that there are times that I've come into the presence of God and I didn't feel a thing, that I was trying to lift up my hand and I couldn't get them above my shoulders. Anybody felt like that before? I wanted to sing. I wanted to shout. I wanted to dance. I wanted to run. But for some reason, something was hindering me. It's all right if I just tell the truth right now. And I, and I couldn't figure out what's going on. I couldn't figure out what the issue was. So Paul said, uh, we need to figure this thing out. And he began, he began to articulate a list of seven things. Begin to articulate a seven potential culprits of what can hinder us from the love of Christ. I'm not preaching yet. I'm just talking to you right now. And he said, he said, I, I want to know. He said, 
shout tribulation. Anybody ever had some problems in your life before? Come on, let me see your hands in the sanctuary. Anybody going through some hard times in your life uh, and knows what it feels like to have tribulation? Uh, he said, shall tribulation or distress. Now, I, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I know some gray hairs uh, that appeared on your hair this week because you are stressed out. Let the whole church shout amen. He said, shall stress keep you from the love of Christ or persecution? Anybody knows what that feels like. As soon as you make up your mind to live for God, all your family all of a sudden lost love for you. Oh, I feel God talking to somebody right now. He said, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. He began to go down a long list, a laundry list, a gamut and a gauntlet of potential reasonings of why we can be separated from the love of Christ. But can I tell you that Paul was no fool. Paul was a wise man. Paul, Paul in his writings was very intentional about the way that he wrote, and he asked the church this question, uh, because if there's anything that I know about man, uh, I know this. We are good at making excuses. Well, I feel like preaching right now. I said we are good at making up and fabricating a good story as to why we can't. Anybody going to help the preacher preach this morning? And Paul just wanted to know if there is a distance between you and God, if there is a separation between you and God. I just want to know which one of these things is what you're hanging your hat on for why we are separate. Oh, but Paul, Paul. Paul was a smart man, but it doesn't take much of being an intellect or having intellectual astuteness or even having a third grade education to define that what Paul was listing did not match, did not match his proposition. Because Paul said, who? Somebody shout. Is this all right this morning? I'm going somewhere. I just want to let you know that God knows where we are, but I just want to know who wants to be close to God this morning. I, I just want to know who wants to be in the presence of God this morning. I, I just want to know who, want, who in the house, who in the house uh, wants to feel the love of Christ. Paul said, he said, I want to know who. Somebody shout who. He said, Brother Williams, why do you keep repeating and asking us to say who? It's because I want you to understand exactly what Paul understood. Paul understood without, without even opening up a dictionary. It don't take the smartest man in the room to know that tribulation is not a who. I wish you would hear what I'm telling you right now. It doesn't take the smartest person in the world to know that distress is not a who. To see the pattern yet. It don't take the brightest crayon in the box. Yellow, green, I don't care what color, it don't take the brightest crayon in the box to know that famine is not a who. So Paul said, which one of these things are you going to blame? Which one of these things can I tell you? I'm not making light 
of anybody's troubles in the room. We all got problems. Uh, the preachers got problems. The praise teams got problems. Uh, the drummer, the pianist, uh, the sound man, uh, the media team, the saints, the center. Uh, we all got problems. Uh, but Paul just said, uh, I just want to know how bad do you want to love God? Uh, because he loves you more than you can love yourself. Uh, but I just want to know, uh, are you going to let tribulation stop you? Uh, are you going to let persecution stop you? Uh, are you going to hang your hat on COVID uh, and say the pandemic Pandemics got my joy. I just want to know who shall. I wish, I wish you would hear me right now. Can I tell you, I've come to the house of God to tell somebody that there is nothing stopping you from feeling the presence of God but you. There's nothing inhibiting you from getting to the love of Christ but you. I just want to know who's going to stop your praise but your own lips. Who's going to stop your worship but your own hands. Who's going to stop my prayer but my own knees. Oh, I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. I just want to make a sound check in the house. Who zipped your lips? Who closed your mouth? I just want to know who shall separate us. My God, I wish somebody that knew what liberty was will remember the freedom and don't go back to bondage. Will remember the chains and don't go back to the fetters. Oh, somebody give God praise in the house. I said, give God praise in the house. I said, give God praise in the house. God said, I'm here, but is your heart here? I'm here, but is your soul here? I'm here, but is your mind here? I'm here, but are you here? He said, because if, if you don't feel me and if you don't recognize me, I just want to know, I just want to remind you uh, that the reasons and the excuses uh, that we can come up with uh, of why we can't get with the program uh, and why we don't have a shout uh, in our spirit uh, and why we lost our joy uh, and why we lost our praise. Uh, can I tell you uh, that the list is much shorter uh, than you think it is? Uh, Paul said, I know uh, you're having trouble paying your bills uh, and, and you're fighting in your house uh, and you're losing your mind uh, and you're losing your money. Uh, and you're losing your marriage. He said, but if you want to get to Christ, that can't even stop you. If you want to worship God, nothing can stop you. I just want to tell you, no thing, no thing, no what can stop me. Hey, I think some of you are, are, are hanging your hat on your troubles. But I just want to tell you, I don't care what it is. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got to feel the presence of God. being insensitive, but I'm going to tell the truth. You know, it scared me half to death that people of God that claim to love God, claim to know God and claim to serve God that in the midst of a pandemic their power went out of the window. Their prayer life went on the shelf. Their commitment went in the closet and they didn't want to have anything to do with God saying, this is the time you should be praying. Why are you running? This is the time you should be worshiping. Why are you fearful? Hey, 
I will venture to say instead of the cat getting their tongue, COVID got their tongue. And they said, well, we're in the midst of famine. We can close our doors. We're in the midst of famine. We can stop praying. We can go into hiding. But can I tell you when God is reaching, I want to be reaching back. When God is trying to love me, I want to love him back. When God is trying to help me, I want to help myself. I want to get in his presence and stay there. I want to find his power and I don't want to lose it. Paul said, is famine, is famine going to get your fervency? Is peril going to get your prayer life? Or are you going to get every hindrance out of the way and find out what the problem really is because the problem is not a what? I wish somebody would hear me right now. He said, the problem, the problem was never a what? Is this okay on a Sunday morning? I'll tell you why what I'm preaching is not popular because Pastor Paul knew something about what he was going through in his life because if you're going to get to God, you got to get through something to get there. If you're going to close the gap between you and God, you got to press your way through people and you got to scratch your way through your troubles if you're going to get to God. The woman with the issue of blood crawling on hands and knees, she said, but if I can just get close enough to the love of his garment. If I can just get close enough to the power of God's spirit. If I can if I can just close this gap. If you ain't feeling God, you got to get rid of sin and close the gap. You got to say, God, I'm sorry and start getting sin out of the way to get to the love of Christ. Because the Apostle Paul knew what he's talking about. Somebody shout who? Somebody shout who? Somebody shout who? I'm trying to help somebody understand that the what's and the excuses that we have, there won't be an excuse big enough to stand before you in the throne, the judgment room of God, to tell God why I didn't pray. It won't be one good enough to tell God why I didn't show up to outreach. It won't be an excuse good enough to tell God why I didn't go to prayer meeting. It won't be excuse. It won't be tribulation, peril, sore. Nakedness. I just lost a star in your rating, but I'm going to keep on preaching anyway. Because you got to go back one chapter before chapter 8 uh, that Paul's talking to the church uh, in, in Romans 7 and 21. Uh, and Paul said, I find then that there is a law that when I would do good, uh, evil is present with me. Uh, when I want to do good, uh, something is stopping me. Uh, when I want to do good, something uh, is hindering me. Uh, and Paul, Paul understood something uh, that I failed to realize uh, when he's writing this. Uh, for many days, for many years, uh, I thought that Paul was saying, uh, when I want to do good, uh, there's temptation all around me, uh, trying to trip me up, uh, trying to make me fall, uh, trying to make me quit. And I'm not negating the fact that that could be the case, uh, that there are things that are coming against you uh, that are so hard, uh, it makes you never want to come back to church. Uh, but Paul understood uh, that if I've got to get to God, uh, i got to understand uh, what the greatest hindrance is. Uh, if i got to get to God, uh, if I want to do good, uh, i got to find out what the greatest hindrance is. Is this all right this morning? 
about to tell you is divine, profound revelation that you might not like. But I love you anyway. Because Paul said, every time that I would do good, he said, when my feet hit the floor in the morning, and I don't know if they brushed their teeth back in the day, but when I brush my teeth, I go to the mirror, and I look at that man with my hair pressed against my head and crushed between my eyes, and I look at that man in the mirror, I realize that that man in the mirror is not a good man without God. Just want to make sure this thing is still working. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you feel when you wake up in the morning, but I know if I don't hit my knees before I open that door and go to work, I know that I realize I can mess up and I can fail God and I can commit murder if I ain't praying. I can fall into sin if I ain't praying. Ain't no good thing in me. He said within my flesh there is no good thing. He said evil is present with me. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. If you want to know what the greatest hindrance is, look in the mirror. If you want to find out what the problem is, look in the mirror. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. It's not mama. It's not daddy. It's not trouble. It's not peril. It's me. God, I wish you would hear me right now. It's me that won't run the aisles. It's me that won't dance. It's me that won't worship. It's me that won't clap. It's me that won't say. I hope you hear me right now. It's not anybody else. It's not the lights. It's not the sound system. It's you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep on preaching uh, because nobody in the room wants to be, wants to be told uh, that you are the problem. Uh, I am the problem. Uh, it's the man in the pulpit uh, that has to repent. Uh, it's the man in the pulpit uh, that has to pray. Uh, it's the man in the pulpit uh, that when I feel distance from God, uh, I've got to crawl my way uh, to the house of God uh, and show up when I don't feel like it. Uh, it's me. It's me. It's me. I want to tell you right now, if there was any time you ought to get with the preacher, you ought to get with me now. Because if you got trouble worshiping God, it ain't the praise team's fault. If you got trouble praising God, it ain't the drummer's fault. If you got trouble lifting up your voice, you ask Aiken why he couldn't praise God. And it's because he had stuff in his tent that he didn't want to get out. It wasn't the children of Israel. It wasn't Judah. It was Aiken. It's your fault. It's my fault. It's me. Before you think I'm preaching to you, no, I'm preaching to me. And I hope me preaches to me and you preach to you. Because if there's something wrong, if there's a hindrance, I got to check myself. I got to find out, God, have I been praying like I should be praying? 
why is my attitude so bad? Have I been, have I been spending time with God? Have I been faithful to God? Have I been giving faithfully to God? Can I tell you that 90% of the problems, my God, help me. 90% of the problems, if you start checking the record, the people that's not paying their tithes have the worst problem praising. And if you can't give God in your giving, you won't give him in your praise. You can't give to God unless you know what the hindrance is. And I'll tell you who it is. It's M E. It's me. It's me. It's me. There's too many people that said the devil made me do it, and you're lying. Uh huh. Boy, the devil tripped me up again. No, you wanted to do that. That ain't biblical. No, you got to go to the first book of the Bible to know I know what I'm talking about. Because the Bible says that when Eve saw the fruit and she looked upon it and saw that it was good for food, to, for food, nobody had even said anything to her yet. She wanted the fruit. And the serpent just helped her get it. Because the Bible says that every man is driven by his own lust. Paul said, if I'm going to mess up, it's because I wanted to do it anyway. But you got to mortify the deeds of the flesh and said, I'm not going to trip up me and I'm not going to hinder me when I don't feel like it. Pray anyway. When I don't want to, want to anyway. When I don't have to, have to anyway. I got to give God all I can because God said, I'm trying to reach for you. But you keep running further and further and further away from me. And after the fact, then we start pointing the fingers the wrong way. Because Eve ate the fruit and she gave it to her husband. Nobody made him take that. And when God came looking for Adam, he said, Adam, oh my God. He said, Adam, I miss you, Adam. I'm telling somebody right now in the Holy Ghost, you have neglected your prayer life. And if you don't get it right now, God, God is going to keep himself parked right where he is until you keep crawling back and come back to his presence. God didn't leave you. You left him. He's standing right there patting his feet saying, I'm still here. But where are you, Adam? I've been walking in the cool of the garden trying to find out where you are. But you didn't show up, Adam. But you didn't show up, Adam. You came to church and you wanted a broad way show up. You came to church and you wanted a theater. Can I tell somebody right now that the house of God is not a, theat a theatrical production. It's not a Broadway show. This is, not, this is not an obligatory occasion to be here just because you have to be. I'm here because I want to be. I want to be close to God. I want to know God. I want to love God. I want to I don't know how you feel. I don't want to be hindered from God. Oh, somebody lift up your voice and lift up your hands. Adam, where are thou? Adam, where are you, Adam? I'm looking for you. I want to love you, Adam, but you're hiding. Where are you? I can't find you. You didn't show up to church today, not in presence, but in your heart. Adam, 
Adam didn't know that Paul was going to preach this sermon yet. But if Adam knew what Paul was preaching about, Adam tried to blame it on nakedness. He said, he said I was naked and I hid myself from you. God said, Adam, that's not why you hid yourself. You hid yourself because you, you did something that you knew that you knew I wasn't pleased with. And Adam tried to blame it on his nakedness. He tried to blame it on his nakedness, but not tribulation, nor famine, nor persecution, nor nakedness, nor peril, nor sword. You, there was no excuse good enough. And then Adam tried the next excuse. He said, you know what, God, as a matter of fact, not only am I naked, but that woman you gave me, she ain't no good. I just want to help about five brothers out in the house right now. I don't care how nonviolent your wife is. If you call her no good, you're going to get good and slapped. All the ladies ought to be clapping your hands right there. That woman you gave me, she gave me that fruit and I took it, but she ain't good. And then God said, okay, Eve, what's your story? And Eve said, the serpent beguiled me. As you can see, nobody is pointing the finger crookedly here. Can I tell you what would change the complexion of this revival? Uh, if some of us would, would stop blaming the lights uh, and stop blaming Brother March in the sound booth uh, and stop blaming... Stop blaming the building. Uh, it ain't the building, it's me. Uh, it ain't the church, it's me. Uh, it ain't the sound system, it's me. Uh, it ain't the praise team fault, it's me. Uh, it ain't the evangelist, it's me. Uh, ain't nothing wrong but me. My God, I wish you would clap your hands. Uh, and if you can't clap, uh, that's the problem. Uh, if you can't worship, uh, that's the problem. Uh, it's me. I wish somebody would shout like you're not bound. I wish somebody would shout. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith I made you free. Why do you want chains? I made you free. Why do you want bondage? My God, I wish somebody would run the aisle and praise God. And if I can't leave my pew, I just want to get the chains off and say my flesh will not hinder I wish somebody would take about 15 seconds uh, and tell your flesh, uh, you're not going to hinder me. Uh, you're not going to stop me. Uh, you're not going to bind me. Uh, it's 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 me. Come on, I wish you would keep on worshiping uh, until you feel what you don't feel. Come on, keep on going until you feel it. God showed up, but did you? God's here, but are you here? Come on, don't stop. I didn't tell you to stop. Your flesh told you to stop. God definitely didn't tell you to stop. He said, keep on praising me. I inhabit your praises. I get closer to you the more you praise. I draw nigh to you when you draw nigh to me. Come on, Cornerstone, you got more in the tank than that.
Come on, I just want to know what the hindrance is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's not a what, it's me. Uh, it's a who. Uh, who shall separate us? Uh, Paul said, I'm persuaded uh, that neither life nor death, uh, nor principalities, uh, nor angels, uh, nor things present. Uh, Come on, somebody needs to worship God until it breaks. Uh, If I don't feel God, I got to know why. If I don't have God, I want to know why. If nothing's breaking, I want to know why. If nothing's shaking, I want to know, are you stirred? Are you moved? What is the hindrance? Come on, somebody's this close. Come on, somebody's this close. Come on, somebody's this close. He said, do you want change or do you want change? Do you want change or do you want liberty? Do you want change or do you want freedom? He said, don't back up. Don't lose ground. Who hindered you? You stopped running. You stopped running. You took a break. You left my presence. Come on, church. Somebody ought to worship right now. Paul said it's me. Oh. Uh. Come on, that's it. That's somebody's getting their flesh out of the way right now. It's the man in the mirror. It's the woman in the mirror. It's me. Oh, it's not my suit. It's not my shoes. It's nothing that you can make up and fabricate a story. It's me. Nothing's binding me but me. Nobody's stopping me from taking God serious but me. Nobody's stopping me from being a soul winner but me. Every time I get on my knees and I get behind his desk, I said, God, don't let me stop the people from receiving a word. Don't let me be the hindrance of why they can't hear the word. God, if there's something wrong in me, get it out. I want to feel your power in that pulpit. I want to feel your spirit in your house. Can I tell you, if you show up to church and you don't feel God, it's not a what. You got to find out who. It's not nobody but me. to find out why I'm not yielding to the presence of God when he's moving. Can I tell somebody here right now, there are times that people, that people, that God is moving on their spirit, and if God has been talking to you about being baptized and getting your life right and changing your life, I just want to encourage you right now, I would not leave this house this Sunday morning without going in that pool of baptism and having all my sins washed away, because it's my sins that will keep me from God, but God said, I don't want nothing, I don't want nothing, I don't want nothing to be between you and I, I don't want nothing to be a hindrance between between you and I. 
the Ethiopian unit, Acts 8 and 36, he found a pool of water. I want to tell you right now in the Holy Ghost, if you've been battling and wrestling, whether you should get baptized or not, wrestle no more. That Ethiopian unit looked at the water and he said, what do it hinder me? What do it hinder me? What's stopping me from changing my life today? What's stopping me from repenting to God and getting my life right today? What's I said, today is a day of salvation. I got to be saved today. I got to be saved tomorrow. I got to be saved next week. I got to be saved. Come on, anybody got some sins you need washing away? Come on, anybody got some stuff you got to get rid of? Come on, anybody going to be transparent with God? He already knows. already knows what you're blaming it on. He already knows what you're battling with. But you got to battle through your battles. I say you got to battle through your battles. I'm going to say it again. You got to battle through your battles to get to the love of Christ. Come to the music quickly. I'm done. Because when I recognize that there is nothing wrong in the presence of God but me. There's too many people that blame, that blame everything on why they're not getting a breakthrough. But there's only one thing that will hinder God. You say, preacher, God can't be hindered. Oh, yeah, he can't be hindered, but he will refuse to intrude. If you don't want to love God, he ain't going to force himself on you. If you don't want to worship God, the powerful spirit of God, if this is okay for me to do, is the powerful spirit of God is not going to take your hands and lift them up for you. God's not going to shake you and say, pray, pray, pray. He'll nudge on you in the spirit. He'll impress into your spirit. And you got a moment to respond. And if you don't, he'll just stay and say, I'll try again later. The Bible declares in Matthew. The Bible declares Matthew 13 and 58. That Jesus came into his own. He came into his own house. And the Bible says that he did not many miracles. And mighty works there, not because his hand was short. Not because he didn't have all power in heaven and earth and beneath the earth. But because they stopped him. They inhibited him. Because they were the hindrance because of their unbelief. What if God is saying, I want to bless you so bad, but you don't believe I can bless you? I want to get your life right more than you want to get your life right. God's pulling and he's pulling and he's pulling. Anybody feel the power of God pulling us right now? He's pulling us and pulling us. And at that moment that there's tension in the rope, he won't fight you. You got to willfully walk over to his side. 
bow willfully, lift up your hands and pray until you feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Anybody hear God talking to you right now? I want to step into the shoes of the prophet as we stand to our feet all across the sanctuary. Prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 6 and 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon his throne, high, high and lifted up, sitting on his throne. And the train of his robe filled. Somebody say filled. The train of his robe filled the temple. I want to tell you the Holy Ghost is filling this house right now. train of his robe filled the temple. The Bible says above, above it stood the seraphims, each having six wing, wings with twain they covered their face. With twain they covered their feet. With twain they did fly. The Bible says and, and one cried unto another, Holy! Holy! Holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full. Somebody shout full. The whole earth is full of his glory. Or the post moved that the one that cried and the house was filled with smoke. The train of his robe filled the temple. The whole earth is full of his glory. The house is full of smoke. A triad of the filling, the omnipotent, omnipresent spirit of God. Can I tell you that you might not can see it, but the presence of God has filled every crevice of this sanctuary. But the question is that if God's presence is so rich, if his power is so present, I just want to know, can you feel it or not? And if you can't feel God's presence, I just want to know who's separating us. It was at that moment that Isaiah recognized that nothing was wrong with God. Nothing was wrong with the presence of God. The only thing that's wrong in the presence of God is me. Anybody did some things in your life you're not proud of? There's some folks, you're so perfect you can't raise your hands. But God knows better. He wants to know, do we know better? Because Isaiah said, woe is me. Your presence is perfect. Your power is here, God. But if I don't feel your presence, I want to know who's going to respond to his presence. Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man undone. I'm undone. I'm wrong, God. Somebody point to yourself. Come on, you don't want to do it. Point to yourself. 
Come on, somebody say it. I'm wrong. Flesh doesn't like that. You don't want to be wrong. But I'm a failure without God. I can't be the husband I'm supposed to be without God. I can't be the daddy I'm supposed to be without God. I can't be the preacher I'm supposed to be without God. Woe is me. It's me, God. It's me, God. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. God's got a call for this church right now. The call is to eliminate every excuse. Get rid of it. I've seen people, God help me, I've seen people in I've seen people in this revival, this music gets cranked up and you had the nerve to put your ears, your hands in your ears. The music's not too loud, it's you. The church is not the problem, I'm the problem. Oh, but God's power can do so much when we say, God, it's me, it's me, it's me. God can help us when we say, I'm saying one, one woman. That's it. One. 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 Look at that. One. One. I dare somebody, I dare somebody to find out who it is that's hindering you. I dare you. I dare you to find out who it is. I want you to get in this halt and lift up your hands as high as you can raise them. Listen, I know we can pray for other people right now. Listen, let's pray for ourselves. God's saying, I want you to talk to me, but I can't even hear you. God said, I want to love you, but I, you won't even let those tears come down your face. I want you to break through, but you won't even push. I want you to close your eyes and say, I know I'm going through hard times, but I... I'm strong enough to push through my troubles. I just want to get to the feet of Jesus. I just want to get to the feet of Jesus. I just want to feel his presence and his power. Yeah. God, God said, I just want to hear you. If you haven't prayed through in a long time, God's saying, what's hindering you? What's hindering you? Why haven't you broke yet? Are you scared or not? I want to feel God so bad, but 
I can't feel them. You got to press and push. You got to lift up your hands and cry out until you feel God. His presence is here. His power is here. Come on, some of you are feeling God for the very first time. That's it. Keep on reaching for God. He's reaching back for you.